uh, make a few announcements. One is the uh, we're planning on taking these young these young boys uh, camping Friday night at the Grassy Woods. Uh, if there's enough interested in going, so if you'd like to go, see Trey after the service. And uh, if some of you uh, you bigger boys, older boys, would like to go, we'd love to have you. I'm going to go, and uh, then when it comes about bedtime, I'm going to sneak back out <laughs> and get in my bed at the house. Amen, because I'm too old to sleep on the ground, praise God. And uh, now I've got a concealed class that, that next morning. I've I got to be out early, at least that's my excuse. Uh, but I'm going to go up there and be with them a little while. And so if you'd like to go, be sure and see Trey, and uh, we'll make plans for you because we need to know how many hamburgers and whatnot uh, to prepare and then uh, I think they're having a ladies' meeting, and the ladies are going to it, and I'll try to n- nail down some times before Sunday, let you know, but it's like uh, not this coming Friday, but the next uh, will be the ladies' meeting up in Elkin. We'll take the church fan up there, uh, the Thanks Calvary Baptist Church, and um, for the ladies that have signed up for that, be spend the night, go to the meeting on Friday, spend the night, go to the meeting on Saturday, and then come on back home, Okay. All right, let's look at Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4 as we continue our study uh, through the book of Acts. Let me give you an uh, an update on where we're at, a little bit of a background before we get into the reading tonight. Uh, Of course, Peter and John, Acts chapter 3, at the end of that chapter, uh, they'd went into the beautiful temple. There, That man had gotten healed that was lame. He came in leaping and praising God. Uh, the religious crowd didn't like it, not one little bit. And so they laid them in the hold and uh, they kept them overnight, threatened them right good, told them not to speak no more, talk no more about Jesus. And uh, they let them go. Back to the church they went, gathered up together some folks and they began to pray. And uh, they prayed, if you'll remember, for boldness. They said, let our preachers preach with boldness. Boy, God met in that place, and uh, he shook the building. You remember that? Shook that building, and boy, they had a time. I mean, the Holy Ghost got real uh, in the service, and God manifested his power. Now, I want to pick up our reading uh, tonight in chapter 4, verse 32, and we're going to read down through chapter 5, verse 11. Now, this is one of those stories that if it weren't right here in the King James Bible, you'd have a hard time convincing me that it was even real. But I'm glad, thank God, that what's in this Bible is the truth. Boy, this is mind-boggling. Look here in chapter 4, verse 32. The Bible said, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of things which they possessed was his own. But they had all things common, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, 
a Levite into the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphire, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and uh, brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? that thou hast lied not unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up, carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered and said unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land and for so much. And she said, Yea, and for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Let's pray together. Father, we need your help tonight as we study your word. God, we love the Bible. Lord, I love just looking at these verse by verse. God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd help us to expound the truths that we find in these verses tonight. I pray, God, that you'd touch hearts. I pray that you'd do a work in our midst. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm look at these verses tonight, the latter part of chapter 4, the first part of chapter 5. I'll preach a little while on the dangers of holding back. The dangers of holding back. And I want to talk to you out of these verses for a little while. Now, the church is really just getting started. We're only two chapters in to it being empowered on the day of Pentecost by the Holy Spirit. And uh, these, these believers here, uh, we find they're living in a, uh, God, in, a, in a certain transition period where God is doing some amazing things. Now, I want to say this to you tonight, and I think most of you know and understand this, but you've got to be careful getting church doctrine out of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a very unusual book in that it's a transition book. There's things that, that were necessary to happen uh, in the early church that were not necessary to keep happening years later. In other words, God was trying to get this church off the ground. He was pushing it to move forward. They were winning all of Rome. And there were some of these things that were necessary that didn't carry on speaking in tongues being one of those things. But we see here that 
the church is together, God is moving, God is working, and we see some very interesting things tonight. First, I notice that there is what I would call a free will offering. A free will offering. And you see, God has started to move among these people. And all of a sudden, Brother Neil, they decide, well, we've got poor brothers and sisters. They don't have a house to live in. And there's some rich brethren that have got plenty. And so what they decided they would do on their own, it was never a command of God. I want you to understand that. It was never a command of God, but they decided on their own that they would bring all of their possessions and their monies and they'd sell their land and they'd bring them and lay them at the apostles' feet and allow the apostles to divvy out every man as he had need. Now, this was never the command of God. God never commanded them to bring their money in and to split it up that way. You'll never find that in the Scripture. But you see, what was happening was these people were so filled with the Holy Ghost that it broke their heart to see their brethren as they struggled. And it made them be liberal givers. I want to say this to you tonight. The only liberal that I'm for is a liberal giver. Amen. And it made them be liberal givers. And they, they had their hearts touched. And they brought everything. They laid it out at the apostles' feet. Well, I want to say this to you this evening. That's exactly what will happen to you when God gets to moving in your heart right good. You'll no longer see the things or the stuff you have as yours. But you'll see those things as God's. And you just feel like you can't give enough and you can't help enough and you can't be a big enough blessing. And that was the case here in the early church. Now, I'm going to point out a few things right here. There was a believing multitude in verse number 32. The first thing I see about this early church was that they believed. Why, that's simple enough, isn't it? They just believed God. I began to think about this. I was studying on it this morning. I wonder what could happen if Christians would just go to believe in God again. We believe everybody else. We believe in everything else. What would happen if we just got together and decided we're going to just believe God? What God said is right. What man said is a lie. And distrust what God said. So they were together and they were believing. They were together. They were a together multitude. But then I want you to see an answered prayer there in verse 33. The Bible says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. Do you remember what they prayed for in the prayer meeting last week? They prayed and said, God, give our preachers boldness. Well, guess what? God had heard and answered their prayer. For with great power they preached the resurrection. And you'll find in these verses that they had great power, but that they also had great grace. And so if we are to paint a picture of the early church, I'm teaching church history right now in Bible college. If we were to paint a picture of the early church, it would be this. They were together. They were on fire. They had great grace. They had great power. And they were great givers. That's a picture of the early church. And they were praying for God's men. And God's men were filled with the Holy Ghost and were preaching in power on the resurrection. I said, that sounds like a pretty good church to me. They were a giving people. So there's a free will offering in our verses. 
That's not really what I want to deal with tonight. We see in these verses there is a formulated plan. A formulated plan, preacher, what are you talking about? Look at verse 1. Can I say to you tonight that we first see that the devil had a plan. You see that first word in verse 1? But, but, but. Here's how the devil likes to do things. Everything's going along good. Church is getting filled with the Holy Ghost, giving of themselves. The preachers are preaching in power. God has sent great power among his men. There's great grace in the church. There's great power in the preaching. And the devil jumps up and says, but, but. Now, what the disciples had faced prior to chapter 5 was a persecution from the outside. Let me say this to you tonight. It doesn't, it doesn't startle me when this world hates the church. I expect it. It doesn't startle me when this liberal crowd wants to do away with the church of the living God. I fully expect it. But boy, the devil knows how. He don't play fair. And so what he did when he saw that he could do nothing through the persecution on the outside, he brought up a problem on the inside. A big word, but. But there's a problem. There's some of this crowd. Oh, the majority of them are serving God and living for God. But there's these two, Ananias and Sapphira. And they are conceiving something in their heart. They're planning something that's going to be a problem. And it brings up a great big but in the life of the early church. I've noticed it over the years. I pastored a long time. And you just let things get to going right good and you just wait and see. Boy, you better put your helmet on. The devil's coming in with a great big butt. He's coming by with something to stop it. He can't stand it. He's coming by and he'll try it with outside persecution. And if he can't persecute on the outside, he'll hunt somebody on the inside. That's his plan. I'm telling you, we're not ignorant tonight of the devil's devices. We can know what he's done. The devil don't have no new tricks. He shows and the, the Lord shows them to us right here in the Bible. And yet people again and again fall for the same old tricks. The devil had a plan. But then we see that Ananias and Sapphira had a plan. What are you talking about? Look at verse 4. The Bible said, whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Look here. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? When Peter got to talking to Ananias, he said, Ananias, this was no accidental sin. This was something that you had meditated on, something that you had thought through, something that you meant to do. And he said, why did you conceive it in your heart? You know, it's one thing. To make an accident, everybody messes up. Everybody does. It's one thing to uh, get caught in, up in the moment and sin. That, that's one thing. Oh, it's wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's wrong. But boy, there's something else when a man intends in his, a man or a woman intends in their heart. They plan it out. They conceive it. That's a whole new level. And that's what Peter has said to Ananias. He said, you not only sin, but you conceive 
that sin. You thought it through. You've been thinking on it. You've allowed your mind and your heart to be overwhelmed with this idea. And what we'll see tonight is that the basis of it is greed. They didn't want to give to God. Now, here's the thing about it. They didn't have to. That's what's crazy about this story. What ends up killing Ananias and Sapphire is that they lie about something that wasn't a command of God to begin with. Peter said, he said, look. He said, wasn't it your own when you had it? You know what they could have done? They could have sold that land, brought their tithe, give their tithe, and said, praise God, and went on with life. But instead, what they decided to do was lie about how much they had brought. And it was a thing of pride and a thing of greed. On one side, they wanted patted on the back the same way that Barnabas had gotten patted on the back. And everybody said, boy, look what all he brought. And they saw that and their pride swelled up and said, boy, we'd like to get a pat on the back. Sapphire leaned over to Ananias and said, you know, that's right, but we would like to go on a vacation this year too, honey. He said, we'll just keep a little back. They'll not know. They'll never know. That's the conception in the heart. Now, that's the way sin is. A lot of times there's two parameters. Pride and greed, a lot of times, they're two great big motivators for sin. And, a lot of, and then there's always a cover-up involved. We'll, we'll just not say anything. They'll never know. Nobody's going to know. And we'll keep it. We'll take our part down there and they'll think that's all of it. And boy, we'll get a pat on the back just like Barnabas. See, that was the conception of this thing. And they began to think on it. They began to conceive on it. 